we both come from What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hardcore Troubadour. My name is Brian Wallace. And my name is Tyler Short. And I was wrong the last time we recorded. The thing we're talking about today is on Spotify. It is, but we we both theorized that it wasn't always there or, or there's some sort of, you know, time space loophole or Mandela effect getting us here. Because I, I definitely I looked for it too. Where I looked. It and it wasn't there and today i found it so if you're listening to this right now and you're like damn i didn't get a chance on youtube to listen to together at the bluebird cafe you can flip over and do that right now you can do it right now and we are this is september 2023 and god we're now 28 years uh close to the date uh, that this was recorded september That's 3rd crazy september 3rd of 95 was the date of this show um, that they did this record. Um, yeah, man, but stoked to talk about it and excited that you can stream it on YouTube or Spotify, or you can, you know, nerd out and track down a CD copy. A CD. Yeah. This record. Only like a few bucks on, on Discogs. Yeah. It's a hidden gem. So, you know, if you want to pick one up, go for it. Tyler, before we jump in, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Um, I'm on vacation right now. Um, and we were just talking about, I'm pretty sure my work's falling apart without me. I've only been on vacation for two days, but can't be going well. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to Birmingham for Furnace Fest this weekend. So I swindled it so I would not have to work the week leading up to it, which is cool. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. So I, I did work. So I worked like an 18 hour shift on Saturday. Uh-huh. I tried to go to band practice. I got stuck in traffic for an hour. Is that normal? Having, no. Well, what, what happened? Actually, traffic on the way out to Isaac's house is kind of shitty. Um, but so Isaac isn't playing with us this weekend. Um, my buddy Austin from Nashville, who plays uh-huh. an Orthodox, he's filming uh-huh. on guitar. Okay. So this is like the second time I think we've ever played a show without Isaac. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, Especially now since I didn't get to go to practice, but I tried to leave work at 4.30 and go to practice. Come 5.40, I was still in traffic. And I was like, I'm just going to have to go back to work. 45 minutes later, I arrived back at work. Dude, what the fuck? Dude. What happened? Do you know what happened? Was it an accident? I don't know. It was, it was yeah. construction and an accident, I think. Yeah. The fuck thing is, is when I got off an exit to try to turn around, they had like the fire department and the cops blocking off the ability to just get back on the expressway going the opposite direction. Mm. So I had to drive to a different expressway and I'm doing all this based on intuition. (laughs) Yeah. So you reminded me actually. So the, the, the uh, first time we met in person a couple of years ago at um, formerly known as prom Now act like, you know, in Oklahoma, Perfect World had gotten together and uh, practiced in Joplin, Missouri um, the day before, because that's where our guitar player Aaron's from. Um, okay. And we, so the the night before we crashed, but we were going to come for both days, right? Um, we were going <clears> to, <throat> we were especially excited to see some of our firms from Atlanta and stuff. And the drive from Joplin to Tulsa is not very far at all. Um, but we're in two cars. Um, I have, you know, trusty little google map gps going and i'm like 
man, it, it's telling us to get off up here. Um, maybe there's a, must be some bad traffic. It's going to have us like get off at an exit, go down like a smaller state highway and then pick back up on the interstate much later. Um, but Aaron was driving in the other car and Aaron had done that drive a million times in his life. And so was going by yep. intuition and mm-hmm. ended up being a fucking overturned tractor trailer. We were stuck for like an hour and a half, like nowhere to go um, until we could get there. So we, we got to the fest that night just in time for scowl who was headlining, but we missed like yep. all our friends bands that we wanted to just see. in time for the last band to play for 15 minutes. That's right. Like when we, <laughs> sh- we should have been there at like <laughs> seven and instead we got there at like 1030. Um, that's so it's shitty. wild. Like that's a, yeah. You don't think to use it when you're doing a drive, you've done a million times. Yeah. Sometimes it's worth if you can. Well, Tyler, I don't know how you would have. Um, I could have Googled on my iPod. Yeah. You know, that's, that's reasonable. Right? But before <laughs> I left, but yeah. if something happens after I've left, there's, you know, you get used in to God's it. hands. It's true. And, and God said, fuck you and didn't let you go to practice. So <laughs> nope. Um, go back to work. He said, go back to work, bitch. Damn. That's rough, yeah. man. Well, I think you're going to be fine. Even with, I'm like, you not practicing. I'm not worried about it at all. Um, but I, Godspeed, uh, filling in for Isaac is fucking huge shoes. So, um, shout out. Yeah, he, he crushed it filling in for Caleb's at, uh, tied down. So, okay. Oh, so he's going to, he knows both parts. Yes. Yeah. He's playing it on bass. So nice. And nice. Isaac swears he's a better guitar player than him. So I, f- I find that very hard to believe, but I, I don't know anything about guitar. So I'm, I well, believe the experts and I consider him an expert. I, he, he, I say this as a person who, you know, just met Isaac in person earlier this year. Um, he's a fucking riff master, man. Like, I, I have deep admiration. Savant, for if you him. will, he's a savant. Yeah, to to yeah. be that young and do, like, he's the type of dude that I'm like, you know, a guitar dork like me is like. Instead of watching him play, I'm like looking at his pedal board. I'm like, how does he make it sound like that? I want it to sound like <laughs> that. That's awesome. How did you come up with that, man? Um, <clears throat> but rock on man i think it's going to be a great show shout out birmingham uh shout out seasick records support a great local record store if you're going for furnace fest and you want to pick up anything man hardcore punk shit or literally anything daniel and seasick are your folks and that this is not a new sponsorship i'm just saying it because i love him and i am so proud of my buddy from memphis made a deal with his partner who's from Birmingham said, okay, we'll move to Birmingham, but you got to let me try this out. And if it fucking crashes and burns, like I'm not going to ruin our family. I'll shut it down. 10 years later, they're in a bigger space than ever. They're doing huge mail. That's fucking awesome. That rocks. Yeah. Seasick is a great, great record shop. So um, yeah, if anybody gets a chance, definitely stop in. I mean, and they'll be at the fest too, but if you want to see the actual shop, it's not too far. Are they doing like a distro at the fest? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Damn, they'll be there with the to, distro. <clears throat> I'm gonna have to check that out. That's awesome. Def- yeah, yeah. Say what's up. And also, Daniel is one of many people I know who are not straight edge, but fucking love inclination. Um, well, that's nice. That's I know, well, I'll, definitely that's say, I'll definitely say hi. Yeah, I'll say what's say up. Hi. He's a great one of my oldest friends. He's a great dude. Um, 
Yeah, man. Well, I'm I'm glad you're at least getting some rest before the show because I'm sure you'll go back to work another 18 hour shift, you know, mangled and broken as usual, right? I usually when I get back from vacation, I have a 12 hour cutoff. When I get there, I'll work 12 hours and I will leave and I'll go back the next day and I will work 12 hours and I will leave and then I will go back and I'll do 12 hours until I can fix it. But I won't do more than that. I I don't have it in me. I It'll think be... that's fine, man. Yeah. <laughs> Even 12s. Doing a lot. consecutive 12s suck. Doing consecutive more than 12s is no, no bueno. <laughs> no, man. Fucking sucks, man. Couldn't be me. No, definitely not. Um, but yeah, I mean, how have you been? Like, I'm wearing your cool Mets jacket right now. Cool Mets jacket, man. Yeah. I, I love my shitty baseball team. Um, <laughs> I'm good, man. I've just been doing dad shit. I was telling Tyler earlier about how I got to, um, you know, spend last night at my father-in-law's house explaining to him why landlordism is immoral and property rights are a facade. And, uh, you know, I don't think he really got it, uh, but uh, he asked. And, you know, if, if you ever need anyone to make a room uncomfortable, I'm willing. You're there. Um, to show up and to be fair i didn't just pull the, i'm not that guy i didn't just fucking start talking about this out of nowhere they it was a long discussion about why aren't we all buying income properties and i had to explain where well one i don't have the money for that period um most people are right and i and how I, I feel fucking lucky enough to pay to live in my own place that I own. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Same. I got, I got no problem with owning the house that one actually lives in. Um, everyone yes, should have the, that's perfectly fine. Everyone should have the right to do that. Um, con yes. And ability. That, right. Considering <laughs> that housing is a right. Um, no matter where you work or if you work at all, you still deserve a fucking roof over your head. But anyway, um, that started and I'm just not, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel like uh, having a, you know, a boomer give me a Zoomer lecture on hustle culture. So I was like, we won't be doing that. And uh, then I explained why. And, you know, as the room went silent and I just, I really wish they just wanted to like fucking watch football or something, man. Like, not that I care that about sounds that. Way more healthy. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. could we do anything right now? Could we like literally talk about it turn just turn on the television i don't care what's on it you know but yeah instead we got to do that so um but they're very sweet kieran loves his grandparents they're very kind they help take care of him wonderful people um so yeah but i was a. Uh, I usually keep my mouth shut and last night i was just like do you really want to know and they said yes so i told him and um yeah i i, I do the same thing <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I yeah. do the same thing with my equivalent to in-laws i mean do, do you feel the same way as i do like hey i gave him an out you know yeah. like i could we there's lots of bait that i don't take yeah when, totally when when biden or nancy pelosi come up and you know i just say yeah they're terrible and then i just <laughs> i i don't i don't i don't give them any more than that but i'm not yeah. gonna tell them why i think they're terrible i know <laughs> it's very like... different reasons we might have come to the same conclusion, but we got there in a very different in way. way. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there, I mean, it's it goes it goes back so long, but there was a, a meme my friends and I used to pass around 
not I am not lumping your in-laws in on this, by the way. Let me be clear. This is a separate conversation, but it would be like, you know, I hate Obama for, you know, X, Y, and Z reason, like bailing out the banks and auto companies mm-hmm. and this and this and this. You hate Obama because he's black. <laughs> we are not the same, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I can, I find that very relatable. It's like, yep, I also think Joe Biden is a pretty ineffective leader. Probably not for the same reasons that a lot of other folks do. Um, I did. I did, however, see something the other day. Um, I uh, I was texting my buddy Dave. Uh, he sings in Weapon X about it because he's one of the only people I can I can really talk to about some of this stuff. Um, but uh, I was watching that Kyle Kalinsky guy, his uh, like YouTube show. He had this girl on who I used to listen to her podcast and then she kept having more and more like right-wing people on and giving mm. them more space than I would expect them to get mm. to just kind of like with little to no pushback. Yeah. Um, but they were having the discussion of like, well, voting like the Cornell West discussion of, you know, do you vote for Cornell West knowing that it's third parties are impossible. And, um, and that Kyle Kalinsky guy, who I, I like his his view on some things, I think he can be kind of libby, but um, his he the co-host in the show is like some girl, Crystal, I think Crystal Ball, I think is. Oh, I know what you're talking Kyle, about. Kyle now. and Crystal. Yeah, yeah, Chris, like, yeah, yeah. Like okay. some YouTube show. Um, yeah. And she's way more libby, uh, which is fine. It's fine. Libby. It's fine. Libby's, <laughs> Libby's fine. <laughs> Libby's fine. It's, just... it's way better than Nazi, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'll um, take it any day over that. But they were having. Yeah, but they were having the the discussion of like of like you know, is is even a vote for Biden like is it worse than just like not voting? And Kyle was bringing up all the things that Biden has done that we never would have expected him to do, like the fact that he is like pursuing the student debt stuff through the other avenues that were always there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But instead was choosing to do it and and it was you know if to me i wish these people would get out and if if he did know the supreme court would strike it down i wish he would come out and say i did that so i could show you the supreme court would strike it down so that you the people would understand that they're not on your side at all yeah and like what would he have to lose right like i mean a bullet in his head but um that's the same for everybody he's 80 he's fine it's a good um He's lived so long. It'd be so cool if he got shot for doing something good. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> like that would be nice. Hell yeah. But um, but I don't know. It's just the, listening to this girl. They were talking. I don't want to talk. Sh- I don't want to be the guy talking shit. But I was like listening to her just like negate any type of of progress that Biden's made, even though he's not great. He's from Delaware. It's the land of the credit card company. It's terrible. Yeah. Um like so much of what he could do he doesn't but to negate that he has done anything like he he blew up the fucking rail strike that was shitty but he seems like he's sticking up for the uaw strike right now he does and i tell you what like i mean that infrastructure bill is really fucking important yeah um important public works projects across the country you you know it's doing something good 
when Republicans who voted against it are like trying to take credit for the things trying to run that on are it now. happening yeah. in their district because yeah. they're they're popular things. Mm-hmm. People yep. people like when shit works. Mm-hmm. You know, they like, did the so, same thing for the stimulus bills too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They do the same thing for that too. They, they vote against it and they run on on and and I don't know. I just like you know I I hate Biden, but there's. He's, I'm not going to say he hasn't done anything good. It, nothing yeah. he's done has affected it's, me yet, but right. that, it's th- made other people's lives better, which I can be cool with that. Right. Regardless of whether one's ultimate conclusion is that they should or should not vote for him, it is just objectively wrong to say he hasn't done anything. Yes. Like that's that's not true. You know, yes. um, <clears throat> I, and I'm yeah, I, I you know. I swing back and forth, and I think especially in my you know, I've. I've been on the why fucking bother voting wagon before and i live in kentucky dude yeah if the, and if that's where and when i was really on that train i lived in fucking mississippi so very similar mm-hmm. reasons there um and i think you know when i have somebody that when i meet someone that takes like a has a principled thoughtful reason for that like i got no beef with that like if, if that's the decision i know do. plenty of people who yeah. don't vote because yeah, i'm not why? gonna yeah i'm not gonna like fucking you know be paternalistic and beat them over the head over with that but i feel like i accepted a while back that i go to the voting booth knowing what i'm doing with clear eyes like i don't Mm -hmm. i'm not disappointed because i knew this was never gonna actually like fix everything i knew that it was a tiny 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 chip in a much larger machine or that in some cases like in this most recent election in 2020, I know uh, a lot of people on the left are sick of hearing about harm reduction. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people, frankly, the people that I hear that are most sick of hearing that are not the ones who are the direct targets of yeah. Trump administration policies. So I'm like, yeah, I uh, if it'll, you know, get ice off a few people's backs and and a, like help a few families live in slightly less terror as they just go about their lives every day. Um, it does not compromise my character at all to take two minutes out of my day to go fill in a bubble sheet next to Joe Biden's name and put it in. I'm not mm. mad because I knew that wasn't going to be a fucking revolutionary act, but I also won't let anybody tell me that I've somehow compromised myself. I was like, if anything, you're the one who expects voting to be something that it's not. Yeah. Like, just, I, you know, I took my time and I went and did it. If I had something more important to do that day, I would have gone and done that. But I'm thankful to live in a place where I have like a three week window to vote. So it wasn't too hard to get in there and do it for a second, you know? So, I mean, I'm, I'm at the place where if, if neither of the options is for me, I just leave it blank. Yeah. You can do that. You don't have to fill in all the bubbles. No, let me, we Although don't need to... I did forget to flip over the last ballot I voted on and vote for the protect abortion rights. Luckily it went through. Okay. But that's good. Man. I felt real bad later when Ashton was like, Man, the wording on the abortion thing was so confusing. Like it took me like a minute to realize like which one I was supposed to fill out. And I went, Oh no, I didn't pull <laughs> <the> it <ballot> over. <laughs> well, I'm glad it worked out, man. Or, yeah. or didn't lose by, you know, one one vote. vote. Dude, yeah, dude, dude, I, I see shit like that on myself. <laughs> initiatives all this. They'll be using like double negatives. It's like, do you not not want this to happen? No. And yeah, yeah. I'm like, like it feels but like it's you turn per- into that meme of the girl doing the math. Yeah, know? it's like purposefully written to <laughs> to confuse. Um, yeah, man, I totally hear you. It's um, 
but yeah, man, I, we don't need to go down this rabbit hole, but Cornell West, who I've looked up to for a very, very long time and still do in many ways, love a lot mm-hmm. of his work. Uh, Same. Man, you know, he's he's on board with some pretty fucked up Ed shit in Florida um, that I was very surprised to see. Basically, you know, like DeSantis has been, um, you know, in, in addition to banning books and all the other things he's done, like trying to challenge the like a lot of the the standardized tests, which, you know, mm-hmm. many of them deserve that. Right. But it's yes. it's it's almost like what we were talking about before. It's like you're not doing this for the doing reasons this for the that, same reason yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um like the like advanced placement courses or the sat act mm-hmm. and one of the things they want to replace it with is this like western heritage curriculum which is basically like a white supremacy yeah. curriculum right mm-hmm. um, the clan wasn't all the way bad yeah well, yeah and, and that's where the the thing comes from <laughs> where it's literally like you know black folks gained some helpful skills from slavery like mm-hmm. just th- that outrageously disgusting and 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 historically inaccurate like readings of of things like that and um there was an op-ed in the wall street journal a little while back with the person who directs this like you know western heritage curriculum Um, i don't remember the name um co-authored by dr cornell west um and it turns out he's on their board and it does speak a little bit to some of this stuff where it's like some right-wing institutions have ways of like hooking in anti-establishment people because we often have common enemies. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But then it's, it's the, you know, it's the trajectory of someone going from being a Bernie supporter to um, working for uh, like, russian state media you know what i mean yeah. like that that's what actual trajectory that people have gone on and i'm like you know not all of uh not all of your enemies enemies are your friends you no. know and um so i think there's a little bit of that where it's like yeah man i think there's a lot of good reasons to question these fucking college entrance exams um this is not how i want to fight them though um so there's you know. a lot of reasons to question curriculums in general not the way you guys are questioning them i mean dude i i was literally taught like unions weren't necessary after like 1968 wow oh and that was basically the that was basically the education I was I was told it was basically was like big... when civil rights happened, everything's yeah. been cool since. I was about to say, '68 feels like a big year because that's also when we ended racism, right? So yes, it's the year we ended racism and, and, <laughs> and labor problems. It's not the year that uh, CEO pay started to grow and union membership went down and wages stayed stagnant. It's not. No, no, not at all. It's Amazing. not the year the left lost. It's not that at all. It's the year that we all won. We all won together. We all had dreams together. Well, uh-huh. I don't together. fucking, I apologize for taking us down that pathway because it all started with just me trying to tell a delightful little tale about the time I spent at my in-laws house this weekend. But um, that's what's been going on, man. But things are good. Family's beautiful. Um, I hate my job, but I'm keeping it in its place. Me too. So, yeah, I think that's what you got to do, right? Uh-huh. Um. And 
there's a lot of good music out there and there's a lot of good fucking shows coming up. So good shit as we enter the fall. Speaking of good shows, what about a show that took place at the Bluebird Cafe in September of 1995? Dude, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's cool. There's a, couple, there's a couple versions of songs on this that I'm like, you know what? This is better than the recorded version. There are. And then there's a couple where I'm like, Ugh. yeah, actually just one, but we'll get to that. I think I might be feeling the same way, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see when we get there. Um, so we hinted at it before today. We're going to be talking about together at the Bluebird Cafe, which is a show that was organized by Susanna Clark. Yep. Guy Clark's wife. Yep. A benefit for a dental clinic in Nashville. Um, that the works. Interfaith Dental Clinic. Interfaith Dental Clinic that does all kinds of work for um, poor and low-income folks. And in Nashville, especially at that time, that included a whole lot of musicians um, mm-hmm. who either could not afford or otherwise could not get um, dental insurance. Because it's different than regular insurance. Right, of course. Yep. And so is vision too, by yeah. the way. And mm-hmm. um, And having problems with your teeth fucking sucks um and so um pretty cool that she was able to recruit not only her husband guy but also towns van zandt and steve earl uh to play this show to raise money um for this clinic i'm not surprised she could get towns van zandt but that's for very personal reasons that uh I don't know how any of them really feel about that because I've never really read anything on it, but uh, it was a complicated situation between the three of them. Uh, yeah, for, that's saying something. And also at this point in 1995, I think Sober Steve was going to take any gig that anybody was offering him. Uh, I also especially, think his heroes could get him to do whatever. I was about to say, they, especially with two of his idols. Two of the people that were his <laughs> idols and and two of the people that were the reasons that he had become as uh, amazing of a of a singer songwriter as he was and is um mm-hmm. so yeah have you ever been to the bluebird cafe Mm-mm. i realized in looking at this that i've driven by it many times in Nashville. really it's on a pretty like nondescript strip you know not it's not it's like in south nashville it's not downtown um there's a whole foods down there now and i think that's probably where i was going right. <laughs> like road food for Dude, the only time i i've Nashville was to the Muse, to the yeah. Anchor, to Rocket Town. Mm, yeah. To uh yeah, that was really those were, to, those were my three and now the end and uh whatnot that has you go to, shows now. You go to the Muse and then you cross the parking lot to what was the world's largest adult bookstore. It says uh, every large adult bookstore. I know. Did you ever actually go in though? Yeah. It was mind blowing how big it was. It was um, pretty big. Yeah, yeah. Like that was a, the first place I ever saw sex toys in in real life. Oh wow! Yeah, and I I did see. I was in there for a few minutes, and I saw a lot of dudes going back to the back boots. I did not go back there. See, I didn't um, see that. I just saw giant dildos. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a different scene back there. Um, but uh, shout out Nashville, and um. Yeah, but I I know the Bluebird is uh even to this day apparently it's a kind of place uh like when people are coming through Nashville it's pretty small so they encourage you like make a reservation cuz you never know who you're going to see who's going to be there. 
yeah, like you, I was, as I was looking up stuff on YouTube for this show to prepare for this episode, I saw stuff like hey, just a few years ago, like fucking Taylor Swift shows up and does a set. You know what I mean? Which, hey, whether you're into that or not, that's a bona fide superstar stopping by a, a, a bar in a strip mall in Nashville to play an acoustic set. So pretty cool. Depending on which record she's playing off of, I would love that. Yeah, man. I mean, she's she's got the roots. People forget that she can fucking play guitar and she's got bona fide country chops. So mm-hmm. um, shout out Taylor Swift. I'm, I'm not mad at her at all. But uh, yeah, Bluebird is a cool place and, and has been going all these years. And so it feels appropriate that um that this show was here um yeah the owner i, I wish there was video i really do too i found I there was a video. other video of Me some too. of them playing together and was Same. hoping it was this but then was like oh no it's this not. is not that show yeah um so the, it seems like a missed opportunity in hindsight for them to not video this but they did record it they did put it out on cd and then 28 years later, under the cover of darkness, they put it up on streaming on Spotify uh, mm-hmm. to full. Right yeah. But this was fun to listen to, man. And I got to shout out Tyler for turning me on to this. This is not even something. Yeah. I didn't I know about existed. it until I was reading the book. Yeah. Right on. And yeah. it's, we'll get into the tracks. Let's get into it. So guy starts with a little ditty called, Baby took a limo to Memphis, which I wrote. This is a fun song. <laughs> um, I, I think he would have been so fun to see. I bet he would have too. I mean, the he's having the, a good time. You can tell that all of them are the, yep. the storytelling. I mean, I'm I'm partial to Towns's storytelling on this record, but all of oh, them yeah. are having like the best time. And you know, I'll, I'll say this about Guy Clark: he plays a couple of songs here off of Dublin blues, which I think at the time of this recording was his most recent record. record. And it's one that I'm not familiar with. So there's homework for me after this. It's a good record. Yeah. This is probably my least favorite of those songs that he played from this record, but I still liked it. I would, I would say, yeah, but it's, it's still cool. I like the vocals. I like the vocals with no guitar on this song a lot. I agree. I like the way he really like croons it out every now and then. It's cool. He does. And then at the end, what uh, before handing it off to Steve, he goes, in case y'all don't recognize what that is, that's the bunny hop. I didn't hear that. That's awesome. And I don't know what he's talking about. Like, I, again, because awesome. there's no video. Was it yeah. something he did with his body? Was it like the guitar lick he just played? I don't know. But it just like, there's like a quick silence and he says that. And then... Steve just starts playing the next song without even acknowledging it. Um, That's fun. Which, you know, is kind of his way, but it's, there's always something poetic to me about a guy Clark handoff to Steve Earl because it's mm-hmm. like, it's That's so, what sim- happened. Yeah, yeah, it's so symbolic. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a fun opener. It is not a song that is going to change the world, but it is just a fun ass, like bluesy song yes. to open the record. Truly. Yeah, man. And then so yeah, my my old friend the blues next. Um, dude, the reaction when Steve comes in, it's cool how excited people were that he was playing. Like I, he was yeah. probably was was he like, like I guess he sounds like he's a bigger deal at this point in time. It sounds like he's a big guy. Where 
It's, I think he was a bigger deal at this point in time. And I think there's probably a lot of people in that room that hadn't seen him since he had gotten sober. This was 1995. Yeah, right. So I think there was probably a little bit of like, dude, we're so glad you're just, you're alive mm-hmm. and you're here along with that. Um, you know, so might've been one of his first like n- kind of homecoming Nashville appearances since he, since he came back um, and back with a bang, man. Like this is a, I, I like, I just, I like this song and I think kind of in this acoustic singer songwriter environment is very much like the, the right place for a song like my old friend, the blues. Yeah. And I feel like this is like, kind of like a forgotten song of that, like of the live times we've talked about Steve, this song's never been on the set list. So that's right. That's right. Like um, only a few select songs off Guitar Town ever get played. Right. And he chose this as his opener. First, yeah, his opener. Yeah. And it's the only song of Guitar Town he plays, right? Uh, Yeah, it is. Because everything else is either more, re- I, I say recent, more recently recorded stuff, like Tom yeah. Ames Prayer or Mercenary Song, and then obviously like Copperhead Road. Um, yep. <clears throat> so... Yeah, but I, I, a really good version of My Old Friend the Blues. I thought this was very good. Yeah, it's um, cool. It legitimately made me immediately think, like, I would love to see him play solo again. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I you just, just saw did. this. And you just did. That's so cool. I mean, he could, you know, being compelling with just a guitar is so fucking difficult. Even for some, there are some really talented songwriters but that are used to playing with a band or something like that, mm-hmm. that if they do an acoustic set, it's kind of like, Oh, there's a lot you, missing here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And with Steve, it's just like, he rules with a band. He also rules on its own. It's like just two, two flavors that both taste good. They're just different. Um, and the way he can make like mild friend, the blues obviously is a slow, you know, min- minimalist song to begin with but he's also got a real knack for taking songs where it could be like, I could play this with a fucking, you know, loud ass rock band, or I could also play this one by myself and I can make it work either way. So it's a little bit of the magic of Steve Earle right there for me. No, for fucking sure. Um, So there's like little interlude things that get like notched as tracks in here too. And the next part of it is the introduction to Katie Bell and he is so fucking funny. Towns is so funny. Dude, it's so good. When he talks about getting asked to do a lullaby or a, a lullaby for a record, and he's like, for the second half, he goes, Well, if it's a good record, nobody will even hear the second half. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Nobody's funny, ever going to hear side B because they'll be asleep. So good. And then so funny, dude. He was so funny. And it was also the, it wasn't lost to me that when he described, he's like, well, he said, I don't really have any lullabies. And they said, there's some money in it. And he said, I, I got yes, a few. I'm actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but then he tells a story about writing lullabies. He stays up all night writing lullabies. Yeah. Like to that didn't get acknowledged, but that made me laugh so hard. Just the idea yeah. of like, I'm writing songs to put people to sleep. sleep. I stayed I'm up all sleeping. night. Yeah. <laughs> I finished the song at 4 a.m. I recorded it. I had it in the, I had the tape in the mail by 10 or something like that, you know, like fucking rules what a he's so fucking awesome dude yeah. um but yeah katie bell man never i'm completely unfamiliar with this town song beautiful 
Same. And I mean, it's a, it's a lullaby he wrote for his daughter. Um, it's so cute. It's really cute. And it just like, so this, you know, this was towards the end of his life um, that this recording it's, was made. It, it, I think it's the cutest town song. It's the most sweet yeah. town song. So sweet. And that's what I wrote. Like, this man was hurting so bad, but he made so many beautiful things, particularly for the people he loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this song is an example of that. Like he, I get the sense from towns, like he was happy to put this out on a record and play it for people. He would have also been happy just to play just it, playing for, it for her, for her. Right. Yeah. Dude, that really, that really hurts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a, I can, I feel this. Sometimes Kieran lets me sing. Sometimes he doesn't want me to sing tonight. He doesn't. Uh-huh. I tried to sing. He goes, no, daddy. And I was like, dude, sometimes I sing to the cats, man. <laughs> you got to. We sing together sometimes, too. I, I got some. He, It's funny the songs he picks up on and that he wants. Mostly fast shit. He's got mm-hmm. a he's got good taste. He likes bad religion. Um, we talked about this before. I said, fuck, yes, he likes bad religion. Yeah, he does. It's, I'm still, you know, kids taste changes quite a bit. That's still one that he asked for. Bad religion is a band that he likes to listen to bad mm-hmm. religion that's what he says when he wants me to put that what on. bad religion do you guys listen what bad religion do you guys listen to early stuff we listen to suffer and no control okay and against suffer's the grain just, yeah suffer is just i mean i love everything i think some of the you know oh you nothing pro- is one of my favorite punk songs oh my god like full so stop. good um, it's so cool it's got so many cool parts it's it it goes everywhere it's awesome it's fast it's yeah it's I think I think every era of bad religion has killer shit, but I think I turned for him. I like those records because they they have the true like these are just fast punk songs that kind of keeps mm-hmm. the same beat. Yeah, we can keep it going because like if there's a I think I put on at one point, uh, the process of belief for him, which is a great record. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like I think there's like three kind of like fast ones in a row, and then it goes into like kind of a slower song, and he just he gets mad. He just realizes like, what, what is this? Like, I don't yeah. want to hear a ballad. Like, so, this, so isn't, this is not what I reached. The, yeah, this, he's gonna, this is not what I like bad religion for. I know he's a like fast core kid. He just wants everything to be 90 seconds and just go, 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 go. Um, you know what? There's worse things to be my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so there's something special about singing to children and cats. <laughs> and I'm glad that, uh, <laughs> I'm glad that guy, or excuse me, that Towns shared this with us because it's fucking, fucking awesome. Um, I feel like the next song, the the guy song, is very like juvenile fun too. It is. It's a song called "The Cape," and so which I mentioned before, it's another song off the Dublin Blues record. Mm-hmm. And I, speaking for myself, I've I've spent a lot of time with Old Number One and with Texas Cooking, which were like his first two studio mm-hmm. records. But I'm realizing from this, like. I got to spend some time later this week really getting into this is the only other record I've really listened to got it like Dublin Blues and Texas Cooking and Old Number One are the three Guy Clark records I'm familiar with yeah um and it's all because of Steve Earle (laughs) of course but I'll say this is a great song I mean it's cute it's it's cute too what spread your arms hold your breath and always trust your cape trust your cape yeah I mean, jumping off the garage still and like, it's so funny. Like I can't remember the exact line, but he like references like being well into old age and it's like still jumping off the garage. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of takes you through like different eras of life and being like, you still got to 
take that leap, man. Um, I think he says like uh like one of the lines like something like uh, he thought he could fly because nobody told me he couldn't. Yeah, <laughs> that's Isn't so that, cool. That's fucking beautiful, man. <laughs> yeah. How many things can you do in life if you just never had anybody around to tell you that you couldn't? Yeah. Um, it's a, uh, it's a sweet song. Um, one thing I wrote about it, it reminds me of a John Prine song because of how silly it is. I could hear that. Like John Prine writes such silly lyrics in some of his songs that like it really gave me that that kind of fun mm-hmm. fun loose style of music that i love that's what i loved about john prime when i was little is because i thought the songs were funny yeah and I, I i totally agree and i mean you know probably won't surprise you knowing me like i'm real hit or miss with that stuff mm-hmm. oh, like yeah. some some of the cutesy fun. fun i hate a Many types of fun I hate, um, but this one I really enjoyed. Um, and oh, I do you think probably they're... loved one of the Towns Van Zandt songs on this record. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, but this, <laughs> it just makes me feel, I always connect too with something that's like, you know, when there's a, when there's a visual of like a kid with like the whole fucking world in front of them. And like, again, like you said, no, nobody spoiled shit for him yet. You know what I mean? And there's something beautiful about like, why can't we just go through our whole lives this way? What, what's really different? We've just met. No, we've, we've just had more opportunities to be disappointed the older that we get, you know, but did you, uh, were you ever wearing a Cape kid? I, I don't, I I have some memories of like tying a blanket around my neck. It wasn't like a frequent thing. My parents had to do it every morning before kindergarten and first grade, so I could be <laughs> so I could be Batman for thirty minutes before I had to go to school. That rules. Yeah, that's awesome. I can remember I would run into my mom's room, I'd jump on her bed, I would I would turn, I would just hand her the blanket and turn around. Dude, that is so fucking wait. cute, man. I like, and I love it. Tie that blanket on me. Yep. Dude. They had to do it for me. They had to do it so I could be Batman. I couldn't tie it myself. It's pretty difficult, honestly. I also didn't learn how to tie my shoes till like an embarrassingly late age. <laughs> That's fine. I got slip-ons. Um, it's cool. Kieran has like laces on his shoes that don't actually do anything because it's like you can tie the lace, but then you still got to put the Velcro on over it. I think mm-hmm. they're just for practicing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, That's really cute, man, about running in every morning, getting them to tie your cape. I love that. I had to be Batman. <laughs> hell yeah that's awesome um well then we go from the cape we hand it back over to steve who does uh, an introduction for valentine's day dude when he talks about the divorce didn't work out yeah it's like this is our our anniversary's coming up our second anniversary (laughs) second time we've been married and then the thing he's like well you know i can't get no kind of license right now well i got a fish (laughs) i got a fishing license pretty Pretty proud proud of that (laughs) <laughs> and I think again it, it like hits too because it's just like, oh right, he just got out of prison at this point, too. Yep. Um uh-huh. so like the, the crowd had a really good laugh there. Um dude, I was I, fucking dead. Yeah. I was fucking dead listening to him talk. It was so good. It's so good. And a good just kind of like this is what that song is, right? We've I, I feel like at this point in the record, now everybody's had a couple of turns. Mm-hmm. Um it feels like they're kind of in a comfortable a groove in a, yeah. in a little bit of a groove. Yeah. Um, 
And I think, this, you know, this song's grown on me a lot too. Yeah. I, it, I don't think it's ever going to be like upper echelon, but mm-hmm. like, I really appreciated it. And again, it, I think this is like another one of those songs where it's like live solo acoustic is the way to mm-hmm. hear this song. Right. With a fun little story beforehand. Yep. Yep. It's it, it goes down so much smoother. Yep. I totally agree. Yep. Way more personality. Um, so yeah. So, uh, ain't leaving your love. Towns Van Zant, wow, <laughs> wow! Do you know who plays lead guitar here? No, I don't, I don't I, know I who find. sings with Guy later either. I tried to find any sort of uh, details on who was present for this. And oh, well, that's Amy Lou Harris. That's Amy Lou. Okay, that's Amy Lou. Tell. Yeah, I found. I, I was on, looking it up on Immigrant and... Song and on Copperhead Road. That, those, that's Amy Lou in the background. Fuck her, dude. That's awesome. But, uh, dude, I know, that would but been awesome to see. They don't announce her. Yeah, they don't. I just I read it somewhere that I was. I think actually on Wikipedia. They, okay. I was so looking on Wikipedia. I didn't see that on there. So there we go. I did. It's in there. A female okay. vocalist not credited in the liner notes, but apparently Amy Lou Harris adds a harmony vocal to Guy Clark's Immigrant Eyes and Steve Earle's Copperhead Road. Okay. And then Steve references Mark Stewart later too. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he's a Duke. Um, for them. <laughs> yeah. For, for at, the, at, the, at the time yeah um, but ain't, ain't leaving your love man again dude, just... uh i um <laughs> this song has so much going on musically and lyrically um i wrote towns is a fucking badass and this song fucking rocks i totally agree i think this is his best song on the on the record do i think it's his best song on the record um no i think I think well, I think it's the performance too. I think that adds to it. Yeah, for me, it's, this is my favorite thing Towns does on this record. I'm totally feel you. If there's one thing he does on this record that I think is probably your favorite thing, um, and it just couldn't be me, my dude. But this is so fun. <laughs> you mean the most disturbing song on the record? Yes. Um, <laughs> um, this song is bad guy shit, though. It's awesome. It it's is. Cool. It, it is. And I think what what I love too is like it is there's just something in, in getting to know towns, obviously just as from how he's depict how he, you know, displays himself on records or in recordings and stuff. It's just so interesting to like, you know, the, the funny stories kind of in front of a couple of the songs. And this one, Steve finishes um, Valentine's day and then towns just starts playing. Yep. He's like my turn. Like doesn't even you know there's no they do that a few times in this yeah 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 um but it just it was a I think it was an especially cool choice before this song um like yeah just get into it man so really cool yeah this should also I guess coming out of Valentine's Day into just such a ripper song just so fucking badass dude I'm here I just dropped some shit thought you were scratching your ankle (laughs) it looks like that so I've. I fuck with um, paper clips uh-huh. nonstop that are on Rachna's uh, desk here, and so then I leave them with sharp edges, and then I dropped one, and I'm like, "Yeah, what's gonna happen?" You gotta pick is that up right now. She's yeah. gonna, yeah, she's gonna put her foot on it tomorrow morning, and I'm gonna be in big trouble. So I was mm-hmm. like, "Let me just do that while I'm thinking about it, because I'll forget that it's there." Um, so that's a little, that's speaking a little behind of, the uh, scenes, folks. Speaking of sharp objects, uh, Randall, Randall knife. knife, Randall knife. <laughs> Guy Clark, man, this is a song I wrote for my father on the occasion of his death. <laughs> That's so dark. The way he delivered it, um, 
And just again, it's a fucking incredible song. It's one of my favorite Guy Clark songs. It's yeah. so cool. It's so like, it's worded so well, and God, so cool live, dude. Yeah. Um, there's like not enough good things I could say about it. Um, the way he describes like the knife and, and mm-hmm. what it's for, yep. and then how after his, you know kind of the old it, it, there's a it's a, there's a little bit of an old trope in some songs like this of like you know i i couldn't cry at first mm-hmm. um but then it was when he gets home and they're like what do you want he's like i don't want the watch i don't want the law yeah. books i don't want any of the other stuff i'm going for that knife um that's when the that's when the tear finally comes after his father passed and i think just a powerful fucking story man so yeah, good. this this live really got to me yeah, this was a master at work right here is what that it's was. such a cool song, dude. It's so fucking cool. Anybody who if, if anybody thinks Guy Clark is not for them and they get nothing out of this song, then you're right. Exactly. Because I and, and I can really feel that because there is like we were talking about before. Some of the stuff on like Texas cooking loses me, you know, like they're they're fun little I can see, you know, like John Prine kind of fun songs. <laughs> Some of those I love. Some of those I think are really corny. Um, but this, this is a fucking punch to the gut, this song. Um, but it's so thoughtful, too. Of course. It's so sweet. It's such a it's so such a thoughtful song. It's not just sad. It's not it's just sad. Exactly. It's not just sad. And I and I feel too like I looked at this um kind of in in hindsight, after listening to the entire record, guy turns up the temperature as he goes. Oh yeah, is what it feels. It feels mm-hmm. like. Let me start with a light one, and let me like yep. at each song that yep. he picks, kind of gets a little more heavy. Yeah, you know, over the course of the set, which I really appreciate the thoughtfulness behind that. Um, mm-hmm. And then just, I mean, we talk about passing the torch, right? So cool. <laughs> the way he hands hands it back off to Steve. Talked about having the original lyrics from the song. Yeah, that's from so cool from 1978. Like oh, he so held cool. he held on to that. He loves you that much, man, and he's so mm-hmm. proud of you. He held on to the the lyrics that you wrote. Like he knew. Yeah, like guy knew. You know what I mean? That you were something special, man, yeah. and like you can still hear it on this and some. Well, especially later when they do mercenary yep. song, like guy mm-hmm. can't can't help but singing along. Sing along, yeah. You know, it's well, so it's cool. So good, dude. Um, straight up, like this version superior to the recorded version. That version's great too, though. I agree. Like that. I mean, I, I on that record, this was I think my favorite song. Um, mm-hmm. and just the hardness of the lines, like oh, it's so you know fucking badass. I dude. never prayed before. Always seemed to me. Praying is the same as begging Lord, and I don't take no charity. Um, hard shit, dude. Just hard shit, but spe- I agree. Like the the rec- the studio version is great, but this was he takes fantastic. this song for a walk too. Like he makes it like a little more. He like rocks with it. Yeah, he does. Like he has fun in it, whereas in the studio version, he's just getting it down. That's right. Yeah, they're they're cooking here. You know what I mean? Like I think yes. everybody. Oh, they're. Yeah, and we're at, now that we're we're like at the halfway point of the show, and they're really like pushing each other in that healthy way. 
You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when a, when a, even though they're not playing together, it's kind of like how, when a band is really locked in, like the drummer fucking playing harder makes me want to go harder, makes the singer fucking go like just Mm -hmm. how a good band makes each other better at what they're doing. You know, it's fucking cool to see. And now we're at the funniest part of the whole thing. Oh my God. Town's (laughs) monologue about the dental clinic. It's so funny, dude. He's so funny. He and it funny and just like, God damn it, the story like it's hard, dude. It's hard and pretty dark. So so Towns talks about gambling away, like like he's gambling for a gun, and he plans on throwing the gun down an outhouse because he doesn't think anybody should have a pistol. Yes. And while he's gambling for this, shooting dice on a porch, he bets his gold crown and he loses. And he loses. And he takes one of his buddies out to the tree where they used to have their conversations, I think is the way. Which I'm guessing they were smoking weed probably out there at this tree. Um, Fastens some vice grips to his tooth. To pull out, gets his buddy to pull it out, and yeah. wrong tooth, wrong tooth, <laughs> wrong tooth, <laughs> blood everywhere, and it's not even the gold tooth. God, um, and the way God. he goes back to his friend that he owes the tooth to, and it's just like, you know, I'm a man of my word, but I'm not going back. I'm up. not. <laughs> Dude, I remember when uh when he, the best the, the best part of the whole story is when he's getting his buddy to pull the tooth out and he goes, I'm not gonna do that. And he goes, Well, I lost. I don't like it either. <laughs> I, like, I, I don't wrote, like it very much either, but dude, I, I lost. I lost. That's <laughs> that's the rules, man. I don't so like fucking I wrote, cool, dude. What a fucking storyteller. And that one of the dudes involved with this was there. Yeah, at the show, and before he goes in the story, he goes, He's turned into a good guy. I'm trying to catch up to him. <laughs> the laughter when he says that, too, is fucking awesome, dude. It's dude. so good. What a fucking beautiful maniac that dude was, man. Freak, like, dude. Just a yeah. freak. So cool. And then, um, so he's, he's telling that just in the context of like, Here's why we're raising money for this yeah. clinic, and shouts out his dentist and like, mm-hmm these people that have done so important work and then is like, now I will sing you the most brutal existentialist dread filled song that any of you have ever heard. Um, and you think this is the best thing he does on this, oh right? My God, it's so good. It's hard because he also does the, the version of Tecumseh Valley on here is so good um, mm-hmm. that it gets to later, but this is, yeah, I think this probably is, especially because I didn't know this song before. Neither. Um, the other, not all of the other, but like the ones that come later, yep. the, the ones he finished with are songs that I knew of his. This I didn't know. That he had to play. Yeah, exactly. Um, but a song for, I mean, the, first of all, like it's very much like a, like, early 2000s metalcore song title <laughs> a yep. song for and there's nothing else after it mm-hmm. um god damn it like uh i wrote down just a few lines like no words of advice nothing to offer a stranger gone the love gone the spite it just doesn't matter no longer 
my sky's getting far, the ground's getting close. Like, that's a hard, hard line. And then it, it closes with him repeating, too late to wish I'd been stronger. Like, it is a, it's a hard, it's, it's, a, it's a end of life regret song. And it makes me, I mean, the things that we know about Towns, as as funny as he always was, and as much as he loved his friends, he lived in darkness for a very long time. Um, And it just says, though, a lot about him. And I think a lot of what I find relatable and that I respect about him is, is how he could go from like making you laugh your ass off to the funniest shit you've ever heard to like, dude, what the fuck? Like yeah. within the span of two minutes. So like right here. showing you his dark passenger. Um, yeah. I wrote a, I wrote fucking haunting track. It's not a sad song, just hopeless, you know, totally hopeless situation. It's just the way it goes. Yeah, there you go. That's that it, fucking man. quote from that, that quote. It's so good, dude. Anytime a, I hear like a sad or yeah. a fucking dark town song, I just, in my head, yeah. I can hear him saying that. It's not a sad song. It's just sad hopeless. Song, just hopeless. <laughs> totally hopeless situation. <laughs> I'm not sad. I'm just, I'm just giving up. <laughs> man. You're fucking great. Rest in peace, Towns, man. What the fuck? You yeah, are dude. one of the best. Legend. Leg- absolute legend. Absolute so then, legend. Then we go into Dublin Blues by Guy Clark, which is again another song that I hadn't heard on a record that I am excited to become very comfortable with. This is a fantastic song. This is a top um, three Guy Clark song for me. It is just excellent. And the the way the visual he paints of you know, you could insert almost anywhere. He's using like Austin and Dublin, right? But like mm-hmm. I'm here. I wish I was here. And I wish I wasn't thinking about where you are i wish i didn't care yeah but i do and so this is where i'm at right now you know dude every part of this too is so good when he when he just plays the opening part to it and he says might be the coolest lick i ever wrote yeah yeah or might be the coolest lick i ever learned like yeah it's so cool dude um i wrote the uh the mm parts grab me by the soul yeah it's so good. And and I I forgot this is what it was. I wrote I sang along to this to Mackie while he sat in my lap and I teared up. <laughs> <laughs> I was holding Mackie like a little baby and singing <laughs> to him. <laughs> I teared up. He's so cute. That I love poor it. creature. Um God. Also when he says might be the re- the best I ever played it. Oh. And, great, you, dude. and you can tell he meant it too. Yeah. He was like, I fucking Again, know the dude. Legend, like, dude. Legend. Another legend. I can't like that's a that is is a, a a great song by a great songwriter. Like there's not enough I could say about that. Yeah, it's cool. Dude, the, the yeah. record's good. The record's really good. I'm excited to listen to it more closely. So we go from that into one of my favorite Steve Earl songs of all time. Mm-hmm. which I think Steve does a commendable version of right here. But it just made yep. me realize I Never Satisfied is a hard song to do with just guitar and harmonica. Um, you, you know what you need? The crowd. You, you need the crowd. Dude, I wrote, feels like the crowd really let him down on the backing vocals 
or at least I wish they would have turned up the volume so we could hear them more. Well, they come in halfway through, but they're not doing it at the beginning. Dude, when he yeah. played this live, the crowd was doing all the other work for him yeah. the other day. Like when I saw him last month, was that that last month or was it this month? I can't even fucking remember now. Um, but when we saw him and he played the song, it was alive. Yeah. And it you and, can. And that's and I, I literally wrote that. I wrote uh, um, I wrote absolute heater, but everyone should be singing along. Um, it was awesome how he played it or how he played off the crowd live. And I wrote and OK, everyone is getting into it during the second half. Yeah, I I almost wonder if maybe because it was a recording, if like at the beginning they weren't sure if they were allowed to allowed to, yeah, or whatever. But I don't know because yeah, it's like because when he says like, "Come on," like they all yeah. people join in then yeah, because it's like that's that sing along works no matter what version you're. I mean, because you know the the call and response part of the mm-hmm. last verse. Um, it's cool with any version, but when he's doing solo acoustic, you need that. Like you yes. need the crowd to come through mm-hmm. there. Um, it is not a song that does well, like turned like low and somber. You kind of need that big boisterous shit behind it. So the, the, the crowd left a little bit to be desired, uh, but Steve was clearly doing his best. Um, and the harmonica was cool to, I mean, it doesn't, substitute for the piano but like you need yeah. something you need something else on mm-hmm. a song like that that's not because it's not a guitar the piano drives that song yeah. um instead of the guitar and i thought he did a fucking bang up job but the crowd kind of let me down a little bit yeah you don't even really realize what the song is until the harmonica kicks in yeah yep and like you're like oh it's not you never satisfied like when it's just the guitar it's like hmm. yeah i wonder what this is <laughs> Right, right. And that's just for me, a fucking rube who doesn't understand guitar, but I'm like, I need I need the other parts to know to recognize yeah. things sometimes. I mean, and that's it's it's unique in Steve's catalog because the vast majority of his songs are guitar driven. Yeah. And it that is a piano driven song. Like I think about the um yeah, I think it I think the piano is probably the most important part of that song, so it's tough to pull off without it. Um speaking of realizing what it is, then Towns goes into his most popular song, Poncho yep. and Lefty. Um, I wrote the obligatory playing of this track. The obligatory playing of it. And I think, again, the crowd also did not realize what this was until he started singing it. So he started singing. Yeah. yeah well, like, he also it, plays every song different every time he plays it. I so. know the guitar intro was like vague enough. <laughs> um, and this is a this is an all time great song. But uh, to your point, he kind of meanders his way through it. Yeah. Um, which I think was just his way. Like, I think the voice cracks make it give it a little bit of personality that for sure it doesn't have in recorded versions. But again, I think obligatory playing of this track is all I got for it. It's just yeah. the voice cracks or something that sets it apart. And then that he has to play this one. I totally agree. I totally agree. Oh, I don't think I said this, but that Dublin blues is that's my favorite of these guy Clark performances on this record. Nice. Is it my favorite? It might be my favorite. There might be another one. There's another one that I think yeah. could contend for you. Well, this next song here, Immigrant Eyes. So again, what's special about this is I knew this is a Willie Nelson song. I didn't know. I, Guy I Clark didn't were... realize it was a Willie Nelson song until I was looking in, into yeah. it. Yeah, I was like, where do I, I know this? Oh, I know Willie Nelson's version of this song and had not ever realized that Guy Clark wrote it. Um, yeah. So fucking killer song 
about like real relatable shit. Um, mm-hmm. And out of nowhere appears Amy Lou Harris um, to, to sing like perfect harmonies on the chorus. Um, super well done. Yeah, it's very I pretty. It. I wrote, uh, this song should be played for every dipshit. Try that in a small town motherfucker in this country to remind them where all us honkies come from. Dude, one <laughs> thousand percent. Jesus Christ. Anybody who, who, anybody with white skin who doesn't want Mexicans to enter this country should remember that they're not from here either. My um, God, man. Dude, the, the fucking roast at the beginning of the song, though, is so funny. When guy's talking about right, sitting down to write it, and yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. I was writing with this guy way richer than me. And then <laughs> yeah, you hear Towns say, who isn't? Who isn't? <laughs> and then guy says, you. <laughs> that's fucking cool. Dude. I <laughs> just love dudes it. being guys, man. Dude, fucking that's what, awesome. That's what this was. It's like they were just getting together to do their thing and let let some of us come watch and listen, which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, um, so fucking cool. I mean, I agree. I was I was actually just thinking about this because yesterday I texted our buddy Tom this picture from um on Staten Island. There there's a an old Catholic school that had been abandoned for years, not in use, em- huge empty building, right? And they've been using it to house some of the like asylum seekers, migrant families that have ended up in New York, huge, you know, hate rally on Staten Island. And I say that like, this wasn't like a political, it was, Mm -hmm. there were, people were yelling things like immigrants aren't safe here, threatening, threatening these people. Right. And then they show the picture. In New York. In New York. They show the picture. And I was like, dude, every single one of these fuckers, one, not only is like Italian, but is like, so proud of their Italian heritage and probably yep. like flies flags and stuff like that. And like, it, it's just, I mean, you, you say it over and over again to the point that it becomes trite, but it's like how absurd that like, they literally say the exact same things that folks said about their great grandparents. Um, mm-hmm. And also just don't seem to grasp the concept of like, None of your ancestors had papers because there were no such thing as papers. Yeah. You just came and said you wanted to come here. And if you had somebody you knew, they let you in. And even if you didn't, you made it up and they let you in if you were from yeah. the right parts of Europe. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Yeah. Um, Immigrants aren't welcome here. Talk to me on Columbus Day, my friend. Dude. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I want to keep that energy on Columbus Day. <laughs> Which they, the funny thing is I was, I was also just today because I was doing some planning with one of the schools I work with and we officially in the city, we officially recognize that day as indigenous people's day, yeah. which a lot of places do, but as a compromise for all the fucking butthurt Italians, um, mm-hmm. It is now on the official New York City Department of Education calendar. It says Indigenous Peoples Day slash Italian Heritage Day. And I'm like, <laughs> my life is a fucking episode of The Sopranos, man. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Italian Heritage that's, Day. Dude, that's awesome. And I, and I just think the funny thing is, too, like, there were so many cool ass Italians. Think about how many awesome Italians we could highlight. <laughs> 
And instead, it's Cristobal Colon, who might not have actually even been Italian, even with all the other stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it just just wild shit. But yeah, Staten Island, man, it's a it's a. If if anybody from New York ever gets a little too big for their britches, I like to remind them that I've I've seen more blatant racism come out of Staten Island than I ever did when I lived in Mississippi. Fact. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. Um, so there you go. Um Immigrantize is a fucking great song. And Emily it, Harris it took rocks, it from dude. took it from great to even better. Mm-hmm. Um speaking of fun little interludes, um This one's so funny. I was thinking when so when Steve tells the story about when he used to work at the pizza shop, um, Siracco's, speaking of more proud Italian heritage here, um, <laughs> he, uh, when you were talking about work and doing stuff you're not supposed to do earlier, I didn't want to spoil it, but I was almost like, like, have your friend call in and order a pizza <laughs> that they never come and pick up. So at the end of the night, you can be like, oh, I guess nobody ever came and got this and take it home. Yep. So and fun. then your friend does that every single <laughs> night ordering the same pizza at the same time. And you have a conversation of, hey, man, you can't do that. Like order the same pizza every time. And he says, well, only like pepperoni with extra cheese. <laughs> that's so fucking cool. And in his mind, that was totally, but that's what I like. Yeah. So no, I'm not going to stop. Like just, I'm just, just thinking about the wild shit. Like late. I'm going to get you fired. I know. basically what he's saying <laughs> i'm not gonna stop i'm gonna get you fired i have i have a feeling that these apartment f- full of aspiring nashville songwriters in the late 70s was probably simultaneously one of the coolest and one of the most miserable places on earth to be at the same time um holy shit i lived man. in a punk i lived in a punk house with 11 other people i can attest that yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, if even the other, the thing about that too that always comes in is it's like, are there ground rules when it comes to substance use, right? Um, because that can make what are already challenging to living situations go from as uh, a little frustrating to like this is untenable. This um, is yeah. And I, you know, assuming that everyone in that household was using substances at, at Steve's colorado street apartment or whatever he was talking about but yeah he wrote I the lyrics interested to see the kitchen in that house oh my god interested yeah i, I want to see a picture i don't want to smell it um steve uh wrote the lyrics to mercenary song on the back of a napkin from the pizzeria where he worked and guy clark says this is his favorite song and he proves it by singing along um it's so cute it's, it's so, so cute it's a great, I mean, we've talked about Mercenary Song. It's a fantastic Steve Earle song, but this is where it's like, you can hear, yeah, like I'm, I'm, fuck it. You can hear how much Guy loves Steve, how proud he is of him, how much he like genuinely just enjoys hearing him sing. Um, it's, it's a, oh, I also moment. did remember us thinking about him singing along. They do sing along on Poncho and Lefty. You can hear Guy and yes. Steve. They do. Yes. Along a punch on lefty. And I think you can even hear uh, Steve a little bit on Dublin Blues too. Hmm. I didn't notice that, but I would not. I think be... you can kind of hear him in the background of that a little bit. Yeah, I would not be the slightest bit. But yeah, dude, mercenary song, song, man. I was so bummed he didn't play this when we saw him live. And it, yeah, it. There's just too many to pick from, I guess. 
Um, yeah, but this is a alone in a room full of people to sing along with you song. Exactly. It's perfect for that. It's oh, so cool, man. Um, yeah, then, I wrote uh, hearing hearing Guy Clark singing along makes my heart grow six sizes Grinch style. Dude, it's beautiful. It's like like we said, the song is is great enough as it is, but Guy singing along just takes it gives it a whole new like levels of meaning um and enjoyment for me i love it that's so cool yeah and it, steve ends it with saying guy used to play bass on that on <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is so cute it's so it's awesome. so cute and then towns just uh, like almost very matter of factly is like i got to do one more um yeah. and he does tecumseh valley which is a heart-wrenching song anyway but i again, found this version to be particularly heart-wrenching. And I'm just kind of glad, I don't, you know, Poncho and Lefty is obviously special. Mm -hmm. I'm glad this was his last word on this yeah. record instead of that. Um, yeah, I, I, I wish I had more descriptive words to say. I just wrote, goddamn, just perfect. <laughs> yeah, it, this song's, I wrote, goddamn, this song's beautiful. And, uh, but I do, dude, forever, the Nancy Griffith version of this song is the tops for me. It's so good, man. I think this song sang by a woman. Yeah. Is so much more affecting. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's he. It's it's uh, Bonnie Raitt singing Angel from Montgomery. Like it's mm -hmm. it's so much more affecting in a woman's voice. And that's a it's a beautiful thing. Like there are. Yeah. Enough, like you said, Angel from Montgomery from John Prine is another one where but props to these fucking honkies for being able to write a song. Yeah. About like <laughs> with, with such emotion and perspective yeah. and empathy, right? Without it feeling forced, without yep. using without using like tropes, mm -hmm. without using there's no like man coming to save you yep. or anything like that. You know, it's a uh, so I mean it speaks to their maturity even at that time that they were able God. to write songs like this. You know, kings, dude, fucking kings, absolutely. Um, and then I'll be honest with you. It could end here. It could end here. <laughs> Copperhead Road is one of the best songs ever written. It and starting like it at the second verse is a this, fucking mistake. This dude. just got thrown in. It felt like, oh yeah, they, I got to do Copperhead Road. Uh, let's just uh, we, three minutes. Let's just well, let's take it from the second verse. Let's go. And even Emmy Lou's harmonies couldn't Can't save it. Save it. It's just a. It's it's messy. I put this. Steve's songs have been some of the best throughout this whole show but I could have done without this super messy abbreviated version of Copperhead Road. I uh, would have been perfect ending with uh, Towns doing Tecumseh Valley. Um, so yeah, it takes nothing away from Steve or from the powerhouse that is Copperhead Road. It's yeah. just this version is not it. And it felt kind of like it just got tacked on. Yeah. Um, I just wrote starting at second verse question mark. Whack. <laughs> whack. And again, this speaking before too, this song needs the mandolin. Because yeah. a lot of when Steve does this one solo, he doesn't play guitar. He plays mandolin. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and so I th I think you can do without the big rocking drums and all that shit, mm -hmm. but you need a mandolin, not a guitar. I've, I've seen it. You yeah. can. <laughs> yeah. So this just um, wasn't the way to do it. Not at all. And dude, like legit, just starting at the second verse, man, the way that the first lines of Copperhead yeah. Road come in with the mandolin. Yeah. You can't lose that part of it. That is the most affecting part of the song. Absolutely. And even it would have been better to just have the crowd clap 
and have no music and him to just do yeah my name's john lee Pettimore, even without a yes. musical accompaniment you've got to do the intro yes though. yeah you gotta do that that fucking first yeah. verse is so important to that song because yeah. that song's a story you don't start a story in the middle what the fuck yeah. it was a weird choice and i it, it just made me feel like i got the you know i'm reading into all this right we're all just making assumptions here but i got the feeling like i don't think steve was planning on doing it mm-hmm. i think you know but it's almost like Steve, you've written the most popular song of anybody here. You can't finish without doing Copperhead Road. And it's like, I don't think he was prepared to do it um, yeah. for this show. Maybe. So, but yeah, it's so, yeah, it just, if, if you listen to it, especially now that you can listen to it on Spotify, you can just stop after track 19 if you want. Like, yep, there's a million other Steve, you know, versions of Copperhead Road that Steve has done both live and in studio. There was a version of him playing it at the Tennessee State House. Have you seen this video? No. It is, uh, I, it's like an official song of Tennessee. No shit. Like, and when they, like, when their state senate or state house, whatever the fuck, whether it was the House or the Senate of uh, Tennessee, um, voted to make it like an official song of Tennessee, he came mm-hmm. and performed it to them. And like, uh, I think one of the one of the chicks who is like badass um, in Tennessee, like introduces him. Nice. I got to look this he up. Like, he like takes a minute to like talk to them. Like, you know, like, like this is a song about, you know, outlaws and, and whatnot. And I'm going to play this song right now because the government should stay out of people's business. <laughs> like, yeah, like, <laughs> in a lot in a lot of ways. And like um and it's it's awesome it's so cool but when he when we saw him he was like he was like the, now the uh he's like the newest like a like song like ten like official song in tennessee or whatever and then starts playing that on the mandolin and, and everyone fucking freaked out and i was like oh that's so cool for him to introduce the song as that not this is my most famous song ever he introduced yeah 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 as, yeah it's pretty cool that's awesome. Oops, sorry. YouTube, YouTube algorithm uh, had my number one day and I just Dude. logged on and that was the first thing it recommended me watch. Well, I pulled it up just now so I can watch it when we're done. I didn't know about this. It's this cool. Was just, this was just a few months ago. Yeah. Um, fuck yeah. I'm so yeah, it's awesome. glad to see this. And I'm, I'm also so glad that Steve let everybody know that um, they are the folks. The folks in that room are the ones that better stay away from copperhead road (laughs) (laughs) so don't get it twisted yeah like you know don't don't forget which side which party you are in in the story of this song yeah um you're not the outlaws my friend new god and a whole lot of politicians especially on the right like to pretend that they're some kind of anti-establishment outlaw thing lately and it they is want just... small government yet they want to make so many more laws i oh don't God, understand yeah. it that's what every time dude at my job we work with some education things in texas and it's like i know we're talking about tennessee but texas being another you know well, sim- similar governed state and i'm like yeah we believe in small government and you know less you know, fucking intrusion on people's lives, which is why it takes me 20 times as long to do anything with the state of Texas as it does with any of the other school districts I work with. Because every word of anything that I want to share with Texas has to, has, has to be reviewed by government over. officials. Yeah. 
that the at the TEA, the Texas Educational Association, T or agency or whatever, they the the thousands of bureaucrats to review everywhere everywhere else. I can send them a document and be like, use this, and they say thank you. And in Texas, I have to go through multiple rounds of review to make sure that I'm not, you know, talking about a gay person or something. Um, it's, it sounds like those people should get a real job. Uh, yeah, they fucking should, man. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, man. Try that in a small town. What? D- you know, reading a book without government interference? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God man. damn it, dude. We live in hell. Yeah, we do. But, you know, there's some at least it's got a pretty cool soundtrack. It does have a pretty cool soundtrack. Everybody should check this out. It's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um for your streaming pleasure, um, together. I keep wanting to say live, but I like that it's not live. It's together, it's together. at the Bluebird Cafe. Mm-hmm. Three titans of songwriting. Um, and only one of them still with us. So let's fucking appreciate him while we can, man. Um, and see him if you can. It's yeah. he's still great. He's still great. And hopefully we'll be going for many, many more years as long as he wants to. Um well, Tyler, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, everyone out there, thanks for listening. We appreciate you going on this ride with us. Yes, thank you very much. Take care of each other. Peace.